How's it going today in space listeners? Before we start the show, I want to remind everyone to check out the website todayinspace.net. We've really ramped up everything on the website, from all the pictures, artwork, and sounds in the media page to showing how to subscribe to the podcast on your iPhone, Android, or computer. Not to mention, all the links to all the topics we talk about on the show. That way you can go check it out later if you're interested. Make sure to check it out. We've got more and more content coming up in the future, and we can't wait to share it with you. But now, please enjoy the show. Welcome to Today in Space. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Today in Space with your host, Alex G. Orfanos or El Greco. Either way, it doesn't really matter to me. Whatever you like. We're, uh, we're back here. It is August 13th. We're halfway through August. I can't believe it. I don't want it to be over. Come on, summer. Just stay longer. I, I, I really do think. I, I think summer is going to push past September into October. I think we might even get halfway through October and have really nice sounds. I'm, I'm of the belief that I don't think the seasons are getting shorter. I just think they're shifting. So, yeah, we may stick to our yearly calendar, but that doesn't mean the seasons are going to stay that way. But that's just a crazy thought from myself. Um, and I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, what's new with me? Uh, well, before we get into that, this will be a supplemental episode, as there's been a few of them this summer. Um, seems fitting. Um, you know, just talking uh, a little bit about me, a little more kind of outside the box, no real format, just kind of sitting down and uh, talking with you folks. So, this weekend, um, was uh, had a great trip up to northern Maine. Um really up there. So far north, uh, we could probably throw a rock uh, to Canada. They're connected, right? I think they are. Anyways, it's beautiful up there. Um, Just being in the wilderness was amazing. No cell phone, no TV, none of that crap. It was great. Um, Spent time in the lake, did some swimming, spent some time in a cabin. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, the weather was perfect, too. Uh, it was like high 70s. Um, but really, the reason I, I bring it up is because um, for the first time in, I guess, my adult life, um, I got a chance to go to a place where the sky was so fucking clear that I was actually able to see the edge of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that's this first time ever, and if if you've never seen this, if you're like me, you live in New England or in a big city where you never really see this, you have to go somewhere where it's, it's there's no lights. If, if it's the boons of Maine or or wherever, doesn't matter. Go see it. It's 
incredible. I mean, I can't even I can't even express to you how mind blowing it was. I I have seen skies like that before. You know, I've been to Greece when I was younger, um, but I haven't really been since I've been adult, and I don't really remember. My memory's not really that great. Um, but holy crap! I mean. Never mind could you see, you know, you couldn't see it like you see in some of those pictures you see online. You're like, oh my god, like that's that's what you could see all the time. But just to be able to see that and then the fact that there were so many stars, we literally couldn't pick out constellations because there was too many stars for us to pick up the pattern. You know, if you, if you think about it scientifically, you know, the reason we, we see the... Uh, the constellations is because we picked the patterns and then we're like, oh, that looks like a bear or that looks like, uh, you know, dude Orion holding a bow, you know? Um, that's that's where all of that all came from. But from my point of view, I've only really seen the sky in, I guess what you'd consider the, the suburbs of Boston, um, you know, and, and, and Boston. So you only see the brightest stars in the sky. And it's crap. It's awful. We'll get into light pollution later. I have a fucking... Ugh, I fucking hate light pollution. Anyways. There were so many stars, you literally... Like, we tried to pull up, uh, like, one of those star maps on, like, the phone. It didn't work. I, it was just, like, put that shit away and just take in the moment. Just take in the moment that, holy crap, like, this is what people used to see on a daily basis that their whole life as soon as the sun went down the sky lit up like it was a show every fucking night in the majority of human <laughs> lifetime has been looking at a sky like that so that was my phone it's been looking at a sky like that and it, it like a lot of things like some of the mythologies and, and the gods they made up it makes a lot of sense once you look at a sky like that, especially if you don't look at it on a daily basis. You know? So so I, I we get to Maine, it's like 2 a.m. because it took us ugh, basically a work day to get up there. Um, so we get up there, it's like 2, and we get out of the car. And, and like as we're driving there, we're, we're just seeing like the the Big Dipper peeking out in front of us, and I'm looking up, and I'm, I am fucking pumped, I'm, I'm not even kidding you, I'm literally in the car going, yes, 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 like, getting so pumped, more pumped up than you've probably seen anybody get about stars, like, I'm just like, oh my god, like, this is gonna be crazy, and it, it did not disappoint, so we get out there, and, you know, as you may have heard, um, especially if you follow us on the, the Facebook page, um, this week was the Perseid meteor showers, which, just to, to give you a quick thing, what, what is a meteor shower, right? So, a uh, meteor shower, uh, they, they come from, 99% of the time, they come from comets. Apparently, there's an asteroid that does it too, but 99% of the time, especially this time, it comes from comets. And so, basically, this comet in particular, uh, Swift-Tuttle, uh, it orbits the sun every 130 years. So, every time it does that, it comes by the sun... And, and the debris that burns off ends up in this, what I would assume is like a cloud, right? So when you see a meteor shower, you're seeing meteors coming at us. But in reality, the Earth is going through 
this haze of comet debris, and it looks to us like it's coming, but we're actually going through the, the, the comet debris, you know? And it, it's just, it's wild, and we, and we get there, and, and we're like, all right, we all grab beers, and we're, we're outside, we're like, oh, this is going to be great. And we're sitting on the edge of the lake, and we're looking up, and all of a sudden we see this huge meteor come and scrape the sky, and it left this huge, like, 10-second-long green haze tail that was just incredible. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen them before. It's, it's kind of funny, because I guess they happen every August, like late August, mid-August kind of thing. Um, and I've been in, like, Upper Maine, uh, and Upper New Hampshire during that time, and I've seen comets, you know, or, or sorry, meteor showers, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, well, I guess you just see them up here, you know, but I did never realize it was probably the Perseid meteor showers I was seeing every year. So again, uh, not the greatest aerospace person, <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm learning this too. So, <laughs> so uh, that was just, it was incredible. And then just to watch the sky... It's so funny that something that happens, I've been noticing this more as I've really been taking it seriously and, and trying to dive more into this stuff, is there's like a mindset that, that I seem to get. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever get this, but it's like a mindset you get with, with watching the stars because when you, when you first get out, your eyes have to adjust, right? It's like the first, the first 10, 15 minutes is kind of you just like kind of freaking out being like, oh, like you're like every second that passes, you're seeing a little bit more. It's getting a little bit clearer. So you're kind of just like freaking out for the first 15 minutes, especially nowadays when you've got all this technology, when what you see is what you get. Like, yeah, you can turn the brightness up, but it's crisp, it's clear. And to have something like that in your view kind of just grow in front of you and, and become something better and, and bigger is amazing. Um, and so, so once you get to that point, you start thinking, especially it's best really when you have people around you. I mean, you can do it by yourself. There's no, nothing wrong with that. Um, I feel like it's a different mentality that when you get a little more inside your own head, you start thinking about your own stuff, which is completely natural. You know, uh, for me, I start work, I start thinking about work, or excuse me, <coughs> I have to deal with, I have a cold this week, sorry. Um, so, you, when you're by yourself, you know, you kind of go through this mindset like, oh man, like, like you start thinking about your own stuff and this and that. But when you're with somebody else or like a group of people, it's really cool because just the conversations that come up and it's, it, you, there's almost never the same conversation, but it's just, it's an experience. <coughs> God damn it. It's an experience that you get to have with these people. And, you know, this week I, I was able to, reach a few people, some people reach back and say, hey, we saw the media showers, they were amazing, you know, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, um, it's awesome, <clears throat> it's amazing, I mean, it, <coughs> and the cool thing about it is it's not like the stuff we have today with, uh, technology and TV, where it's almost like, it's almost like we're, we've gotten used to how things are given to us, you know what I mean, like, if you're watching a TV show, you know, 22 minutes or so, especially if you're watching it online, it's like 22 minutes, you're getting hit with action <clears throat> to keep you going, but when you're sitting there and you're waiting for a meteor shower, which is what I did uh, on this last Friday, did it on Monday and Wednesday with the lovely Sarah, 
and you you have to wait. It, you know, it's a strange. It, it, I, I know it, it shouldn't be a strange concept, but it is a strange concept because of the way we live, you know, you have to wait. You know, and if you're if you're really sick, and what I mean by that, if you're really addicted to your technology, you're gonna have a really hard time dealing with. <laughs> The waiting for a meteor, because, for instance, the peak was this Wednesday, at least for us in, you know, uh, northeastern the U.S. Um, I guess it would have been 3 a.m. that day, um, so earlier in that day, but of course, we didn't, uh, we didn't have that, so the best time for us to watch is that night. And so, it's at the highest peak, it's around 60 an hour, that's... About one a minute, even though you're not going to get one every minute. You may get none every, you know, three minutes, then three in the next minute. So it, it averages out, right? But, you know, especially if you're in, in a area like, like New England, where there's kind of, not New Hampshire, not Maine. I guess I'm talking Massachusetts. <laughs> I won't put you guys in the same boat as us, all right? It, it's... It's really, it's just an experience. It's to have a night that's clear enough, <laughs> that it's not raining, you know, um, it's not f- freezing, that you're literally bundled up like you're about to go sh- shovel snow for hours. Um, it was a nice, comfortable 63, 65, you know, uh, had some, uh, some candles out to keep away the bugs, put them far away so it wouldn't bug us, you know. Um, and it was just, it was great. Uh, watching meteor showers has become this new, just like fun experience to get away from all that stuff and to just, just enjoy it. I mean, that stuff is happening basically. I mean, that show is happening all the time. And like, the interesting thing is it's not like stuff that you watch or listen to, like a song can be over and a show can be over, or you can just get to the point where it's like, you know, oh, I just binge-watched an entire season of something, and now it's over. The night sky is never over. You have to decide when you're done with it. You know, I mean, last night, we were out until, like, 1, and it was like, oh, crap, like, we gotta wake up to to have regular lives tomorrow. You know, so we gotta, we gotta go home. And it's just, it's a very different experience. So if you didn't have a chance... Please, next time you hear, you know, that there's a meteor shower happening, um, actually, if you're listening to this now, you still should be able to see it, because just because the meteor shower is peaked doesn't mean it's over. You actually can can watch it. Like, I was I was watching it last Friday, Monday, and Wednesday. You're not going to get a ton, but you will get some, some uh, a little bit of the meteor shower still. So, you know, it's this giant cloud we're passing through. So definitely go check it out. I, I and just enjoy, <laughs> enjoy letting your brain take in all that stuff. It's funny because um, Monday, the first one we saw was this. It went right above us. It streaked right across. It, it literally went like we were lying down on our backs uh, on like uh, uh, sleeping bags on the deck, and uh, we're looking up, and this thing went pretty much more than halfway across the sky above us. And it was the most interesting thing I've ever seen because you could see the front of it 
and you could see this nice smoky tail happening. It, it looked like you were watching, it, it looked like it was so close you could watch the smoke come off of it. And, and it was so intricate and it happened so quickly that it affected you way longer than it actually happened. Like, even today, I, I, was, I can still see it perfectly in my head. And it, it almost looked like you could see the front of the meteor as it's coming through, spinning. And you could see the, the tail forming, like, spinning across the surface. of it. It, it was the most wild thing. And it was one moment. It was six seconds at max. And it was gone. But it's affected me, what now? Five days later? Four days later? I won't forget it. Even the one on Friday night up in Maine. I'm not going to forget that one. What fucking TV show has done that shit for you? You know, I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, I'm not trying to make a point. I'm not trying to say I don't watch TV because I love TV. But my point is, is just this is available to us all the time. And we cannot see shit because of fucking light pollution. I fucking hate light pollution. And there's a really easy way to solve that. And we'll get into it in a second here. But go out and see a meteor shower, man. It'll change your life. Hey, everyone. Before we go on with the rest of the show, make sure to check out Today in Space Studios' first ever single. In honor of the human race reaching the Pluto system by robot for the first time ever, we want to make a song about it. This is not your typical song about Pluto. Get ready to find out why Pluto was demoted and be barraged with electric sounds from the deep dark of the third zone. Available for 99 cents from the Today in Space store, Amazon Music, Xbox Music, iTunes, and Google Play, and available for streaming on Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Purchase or play away. Buying, streaming, or just sharing it with someone helps support John and myself, the artist of Pluto the Misunderstood, in making our next piece of music. All the links are available on the homepage at todayinspace.net slash home. Thanks for all your support. Alright, so let's get into light pollution, alright? And let's talk about why the fuck I hate it so much. Alright? Alright, so what do I mean by light pollution? In case you you have no idea why the hell I'm even going on a rant about this. Light pollution is the reason you can't see the stars at night. It's the reason the skies look like they're just black, like there's nothing up there. And I have a problem with it because, number one, there's a really good, simple solution out there that if we just did it, it would solve most of the problem, you know? Um... But we'll get to that in a sec. My issue with it is that the sun goes down and people just, they, they see the sky, as, the sky as this black thing and it's like the night has a different, I don't know, feeling to it when you can see the stars. And when it's just like city, dark, can't see shit, like it's awful. It's it's terrible. It feels like it's bleak. It's, it's you know... That's what it is. And it's not, it wasn't done that way on purpose. Don't fucking fall for that shit. It just is what it is. When they came up with the light bulb, you know, they, they, it was a bulb. It was, they, they how many, how many people you've seen, like the old, how many people have lived in a house where there's been old electricity? It was just a bulb 
hanging down from the ceiling. Like, a, like in an old uh, laundry room, right? You just pull in the string, boom. You know? Um, it wasn't until they started getting a little bit small, they put them into the ceiling and stuff like that. But with light pollution, I'm talking about street lights, city lights, and basically what's happening is the light is just going straight up in the air, right? And it's, it's hitting air and it's scattering, right? So you get this glow. You see it. If you ever see a, a light bulb, a, a, a light in the middle, it's not just the single light. It's not like an LED. Like most of these light, it spreads, you know, it, it, it illuminates, right? So what's happening is we're constantly under this bubble of light that's screwing up what we can't see in the sky, right? It's the same reason when you see like pictures of from space with the ISS and you see it orbiting and you see the, the Earth at night, right? All that is, all that friggin' light is blocking us from seeing what you can actually see. You know, that's why you gotta go out into the country. You gotta go to an area. That's why in some of the suburbs around Boston, it's it's better, but it's still not good. You know, so so back to the solution. I had seen a video online. <laughs> yes, online a, lo a little while ago. I tried to find it, couldn't find it anywhere. If if I do, I'll, I'll you'll be the first to know. But it, it you know, okay, you're thinking our oh, video online is this one of those you know the solar panel roads thing it's, no it's not that although I, I do like that too um but it's not like it's not like providing a solution and then oh someone's gotta pay for it no it's even simpler than that just put a cover on top of the light right so so that way the light's not going in three dimensions it's not doing a 360 around the bulb right it's it, it, it stops it and it only focuses it down. So what does that do? It does two things. Number one, it doesn't send the light straight up into the air. So as soon as you get out of an area with light, you can still see the sky above you. But the places are still lit underneath. And, and more than that, the lights will actually be brighter facing down because more of that light is being focused. It, it, it's stupid, right? Uh, it, it makes it, it, it. Am I crazy? Like that's this really simple answer. It wouldn't cost. You don't have to come up with a technology. It's fucking covers, right? It just is. Some someone comes up with a, a, a better way to do it for the long term. You fix all those street lights with those. Right off the bat, you're cutting off tons of light pollution. Right off the top, right off the base, you're cutting that off just by fixing just the mentality of those street lights, right? You're probably saying, ah, Alex, they already have those covers. They're not good enough, all right? <laughs> they need to be better. Uh, uh, going to the city, right? There's a lot of light. City is tough, you know, because you're... So what's the solution there, you know? If, if you've got lights from the buildings, do you add... Do you add a, a roof to every building that goes around? You know, it doesn't have to be thick. It could literally be, you know, a thin piece of aluminum, you know, do you add that as like a hood on every building? Um, it's a pretty simple solution. You don't have to mess with the building. You just got to find a way to attach it. That's pretty simple. Any engineer can can find a solution. It doesn't have to be one, right? And then you stop it from going up. So that way, places that are near the city, and this is, of course, all on the assumption that 
<laughs> that this will definitely affect it. Again, I'm taking it straight off a video that I liked. So <laughs> just just listen to the, the logic here, right? right? And, and, and if you think I'm right or you think I'm wrong, more importantly, send an email. Let me know what you think. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's try and figure out a, a good solution. Rip this idea apart. Let's see if it's got some, uh, some weight to it, right? Critics, send me your emails. <laughs> Todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, so add hoods to everything, right? Direct the light down to Earth. That way it's only going, if it's a street light, what is that, 20 feet in the air? Maybe a little bit more? 20 feet? Yeah, 20 feet, maybe 18. So it's going that high up, and then it's focused down, right? And it's doing stuff that's not going to be a 40, like it's not going to be like a really small angle, but, you know, it's... Think, think about Pac-Man's mouth, right? <laughs> it's it's not gonna be him dying, though. You know, it's not gonna be that. It's gonna be like, you know, it's not the it's not the first open. You know, it's gonna be like the like he's swallowing. You know, like the full mouth, full mouth Pac-Man. That's what I'm talking about. That way, it's still covering it, but it's not letting it go up and ruining the fucking sky. So it, it's like it's like it, it, when you think about the history of humankind, right? This is what bugs me about light pollution. Think about the history of mankind and all the crazy shit that we've come up with in the night sky. Every culture seems to have their own constellations. You know, um, they all see different things in the sky. And so it's like when you think about the idea, especially with the Greeks, of, of multiple gods, you know, polytheism, that stuff. It makes sense when you think about all the crazy shit they must have seen on a daily, nightly, nightly basis. This was every night. This just came out of nowhere. Blue sky, clouds, and all of a sudden, boom. This crazy world, and you're looking into the universe. You could literally see the edge of our universe. Imagine what that shit must... Like, imagine not knowing. And then having to come up. Like, not knowing what we know now, and then having to come up with your own explanation of the craziest shit you've ever seen in your entire life. And your father's life mother's life, grandparents' life, so much so that they believed that there were multiple gods who ran that whole thing, because how else can it make any sense? How else can something that crazy make any sense? Like, imagine some of, like, the... I was watching, re-watching Game of Thrones, in that scene where they got the, uh, the, the red comet uh, going across. Like... That kind of mental shit, like people coming up with their own stories, what it means to them, and and you know, and and all that stuff. Imagine if people today could see some of that shit. Oh my god, it would be insane, on a daily basis. And granted, I am talking to someone who doesn't see it every day, so I'm sure someone who sees it every day is probably like, yeah, it's crazy, but you know. I, it's kind of hilarious that you're just getting this worked up about it. But the reason I'm getting worked up about it is because I never see this shit. Ever. Ever. And I, I want more people to see it. I, I would bet that there's a lot of people who've never, especially if you're if you're like a, a Boston-type person, and what I mean by that, you don't have to be from Boston, but it's like, this is where I live. This is where I'm from. I don't, I've never traveled outside of the state. I've never traveled, and it's a small state, you know, I've never, I've never gone out of the country, you know, 
Um, you've only lived in the city your whole life. Oh my God. And you've never experienced a night sky. Where you could barely pick out a dark spot. Where it literally at every point in the sky, there's, there's something out there. And then you start thinking about crazy shit like with the meteor showers this week. You start thinking about, you know, oh man, like what if that meteor like comes towards you? Like is, is that going to hurt us? And so where I looked it up online because even I was having like that first night. It was it was getting my my mind was just like, what the fuck? And then you start thinking about it like, oh, my God, like this stuff, this is happening when you don't even know. You wouldn't even know when it would come at you. It, it Because if we're just passing through a cloud, then a comet, we may be just going in the comet's path. So then you take that to the next step. And if there's an asteroid, the asteroid's not coming to hit us. We're passing through the fuck the, the asteroid. Like, it, it just makes you think. So you go online and you check it out. You know, you're like, all right, what? is a meteor shower, you know? What the hell is that stuff? And luckily today, you can do that and not sit there and freak out and then come to your own conclusion of what it is. And you can actually figure out what it is. So a meteor, like we said before on the show, is a meteor shower, sorry, is 99% of the time is from a comet. And it's debris from a comet and you're passing through that debris field. <coughs> that's it. That's that's what it is. And so it's like, okay, I can relax. It's like, all right. It's not gonna hit me. It's not gonna you know, what what am I worried about? Some some ice and dust? It's nothing. But then when you see it and you're like, I can't believe ice and dust is doing that. I didn't know that's what it would look like, you know, and it's just it's craziness. And when you think about that far north, I was thinking about the Canadians, and I'm like, hey, Maybe that's why. And this is a huge assumption, Canadian. So apologize if I'm if I'm being ignorant here. But I assume you guys have some great night watching. I'd assume your night skies are amazing, because because if I'm not mistaken, like a lot of that land up there isn't even habitable because it's so it's so treacherous out, treacherous out there. So again, could be really ignorant here. So let me know if I'm wrong. But maybe that's why Canadians are so nice. Because they have a night sky that they constantly get checked every night. Every night is, holy shit, man, look at all this stuff out there. Like, that, I'm not just the only one. You know, that's what that night sky does. That, that city night sky is, it makes you feel like there's nothing. And so then you think you, you think that you're the only thing. You get kind of caught up in that in that sickness, you know that 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 mind fuck. You know, if you see a night sky like that, I'm sorry, but uh, how can you not be blown away by that? You know, and yeah, we'll probably still won't look up as much as we should, and we probably still will ignore it. But it'll at least be there. That moment that you you forget. You know, the moment you forget, you look up and you're like, oh man, dude, when was the last time I looked up? This is amazing. This is incredible. If you're having a bad day and you get back from work, especially in the winter, right? Friggin' it's you wake up, it's dark, you go home, it's dark, right? <laughs> That's, that was my life for like three years. And uh, it's, it, but you'd be able to look up. And see the wonder of all that. 
but we can't do that now. You don't even have a chance to forget about what the night sky looks like because you've never seen it. So let's get this light pollution shit on track. It's a simple solution. Everyone can do it with almost little to no effort. You know, we have all the stuff we need to, to do it. And I'm sure there's, it'll be very easy to do with a small adjustment to the way, you know, an area uses their money, budgets, whether it's on the town level, the state level, federal level, whatever it is. You know, I think, I think we should figure out how to get this done. And that's it for light pollution. <laughs> I hope you enjoy that. Uh, so other than that, there's just been uh, a few other things that we got uh, to touch on for this week. Uh, basically, we're just going to go up to the ISS, the orbiting science lab slash apartment. And there was a lot of just very busy and, and extraordinary things happening up in the ISS this week. So... Let's break real quick for another word from myself uh, in the past and uh, talk about the SoundCloud and all the music up there, and then we'll get to what's up in orbit on the ISS. Hello again today in space, listeners. As we're finishing up the show here, I just wanted to know that if you want more sounds from Today in Space, just check out SoundCloud for our account, Today in Space Studios. We just started doing weekly lightning round mixes, so you can check those out. What is a lightning round mix, you might ask? Well, it's this week's space news boiled down and given to you as quick as possible, with a mix by myself and sometimes featuring artists involved with Today in Space Studios. Get your space news in a slightly strange, new, and original way. Thanks, and go check it out. Alright, so, back to the news of the ISS, the flying space lab slash apartment. So, on board, uh, on April 10th, I believe it was, earlier this week, um, the... The Russian expedition uh, cosmonauts up there, the duo of uh, Commander Gennady Badalka and Flight Engineer Mikhail Kornienko of uh, Russia's Federal Space Agency, completed a spacewalk, according to blogs.nasa.gov, uh, that lasted 5 hours and 31 minutes at 3.51 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. As I say here, the spacewalkers rigged new equipment on the Russian segment of the complex and conducted a detailed photographic inspection of the exterior of the outpost. So getting some stuff done, you know, some much needed uh, maintenance on the, you know, on the, the Russian side. Um, and I think they also were able to take in um, uh, a scientific instrument that was in there. It's out there taking data. It's going to be brought back inside so it can be sent back down on, I think, a future uh, SpaceX uh, mission in the future here. So, uh, or another craft, at least, that brings back supplies. Um, they're also having one of their progress uh, vehicles bring back, and it's going to, uh, um, I, I believe the progress is bringing back just, uh, I don't know this, <laughs> but it, uh, as they said here, it's going to go in a fiery display, so I'm assuming it's one of those craft that um, just releases and, uh, 
and, and destroys itself and the trash and, and supplies on board because it's just easier that way. And then they'll end up in Point Nemo, which just found out about is the place where spacecraft go to die. Uh, I did one of the SoundCloud uh, lightning round mixes on that, so check that out. Um, and then inside on that same day while they were outside doing that, inside you had uh, astronauts Scott Kelly, Kajel Lindgren from NASA, and Kamiya Yui of the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency harvest and eat the first ever space lettuce. Yes. Lettuce that was grown in space. They, they cut it up. Um, there'll be a video in the podcast. It's, it's kind of cool how the whole thing kind of worked. Like, the thing it was grown in... Um, was was like bendable. It, it, it fascinated me like to the, the lengths uh, that the engineering has gone to help make, you know, accessing this stuff in space easier because, you know, you're watching Kajel Lindgren uh, harvest the, the, the red romaine lettuce, the space lettuce, and, uh, you know, he had to have multiple things. You know, there was the bag, then there was, it looked like pieces of paper to separate each leaf. They even swabbed the leaves, I'm guessing for science. Don't know, really know what they were doing. But um, he didn't have enough hands. He didn't have enough hands to do it. So actually, Scott Kelly came over, helped him hold it down. So it was just very interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, that would be floating around. Like, didn't didn't really think of that. Um, it's just very interesting, the, the zero-gravity environment and, like, what it does. And they've gone to great lengths to solve a lot of those problems. And there's gonna be <laughs> it's always gonna be an issue you know so um i think it's we're gonna see a new era here of being able to adapt to that more quickly with something like the 3d uh, printer that they have on board so they just started testing that i think in the last year it was the first time they had one sent up and they had a print that was also brought back by again i think one of the spacex uh cargo ships that one of the dragons um so it, they'll be able to do a lot of really cool stuff with that. Um, you know, if, if something breaks on board, they'll be able to fix it. If, um, if the, an experiment can't be done or something like that, perfect. If, if they can't keep the, lead, the bag down and do all this stuff at the same time, if they have to do it again, they can just ha say, hey, we need a solution. The engineers build it. They send it up. They print it. And maybe the astronauts can build it up there. They could probably design it too. You know, that would be best case scenario. But either way, they, they, they can really make ground up there in space and make every second up there count um, and be more valuable to them uh, instead of having to wait for a supply. And then in the worst case scenario, something explodes on its way up, like we've had four in the last year, something like that. Um, it's devastating, you know, it's, it's expensive, it, it, it makes the next step a little bit harder, but the good thing is they're very organized, and they plan for just about everything, so you don't have to worry about them so much, and to have something like a 3D printer on board is amazing, and just the fact that they ate space lettuce is incredible, I mean, it, it, it looked a little weird, it did, Scott Kelly mentioned, he said it looked, uh, it tasted like arugula, which, I've never had arugula, but I'm guessing it doesn't taste like romaine red lettuce. But regardless, this is a huge step. Why am I bringing it up, right? I mean, other than the fact that it's the first time I've ever done it, why, why bring it up? 
Well, the reason I bring it up is because this is a huge step towards getting us to Mars and just in outer space in general. You know, one of the, the biggest constraints with space travel right now with fuel is weight. So the more weight you need to bring up with you, because we haven't built in space yet, the more weight you need to bring up, the more expensive it gets, which means you're really strapping yourself to a very harsh budget of conserving weight and you have to make decisions on things you can and can't bring. So by being able to grow and harvest and eat things that are grown in space, that now adds a little twist to the space travel. Then for a certain amount of that travel, especially if we're going to Mars, right? Six to nine months, uh, depending on how you plan your mission and how fast you go, um, you now have the chance for that period to have a lighter weight because now you just need to grow your food and become self-sufficient for that short amount of time. Um, my guess would be, you know, if you're doing a mission like that, you're launching, then you're going into orbit, right? And and you're you're basically building your ship in orbit with multiple launches. And then once your ship's built and everything's checked, everything's good, then you go on your mission. So my guess is at the start of that building in orbit, you set up your um, your garden, and you start growing. And so by the time you're done setting everything up in orbit, you now have uh, something that's growing, you have food. So now for that six-month, nine-month period, you actually can grow yourself some food, and you can bring some other things with you on the trip, some things that may make a difference on the way there. It doesn't have to be stockpiles of food, you know, or at the very least, now you've got more food. You know, just to go bottom line, now you've got more food, you've got more sustenance, you've got more things you can do so that, you know, hey, now boarding a mission like that really becomes like, let's just say, you know, you get to Mars and things don't work out, something goes wrong, and you've got to do a return. You know, you've got to right away, turn around, go back. You can actually do that now with, you know, having that kind of laboratory, uh, have, sorry, I'm stuck on labs in space. Um could have that kind of garden and, and sustain yourself. It's, it's a very, very cool thing that, that now, we always thought it could happen, but it's never been done. Now it's being done. Um, they're going to test it, obviously, some more. But they said it was delicious. Then yeah, they tried it by itself, the space lettuce. Um, thought it was delicious. Then they added some oil and vinegar. Um, so it's, it's all good, man. They're, they're doing some, some really, really cool stuff up there and I'm just really happy to bring it to you and that just about does it for this week um it's a good rant today for <laughs> 42 minutes so uh, I hope you I hope you all enjoyed it um you know once again uh thank you for listening um go check us out on Facebook Today in Space Podcast uh Twitter uh that's my account at E-L-G-R-3-C-O that's El Greco um, you can find the website todayinspace.net. Tons of stuff up there, as you heard at the beginning of the episode. We got tons of things coming up for you. SoundCloud account, Today in Space Studios. Um, got some more music coming from you. Me and John are working on some stuff. Uh, 3D printer stuff's coming out soon. So uh, I fixed that. If you guys listened to the last episode with coaching leadership and space and sex, uh, <laughs> which was a great episode. Um, uh, the 3D printer uh, stuff got sent in, so I'm, I'm going to do a test run, make sure everything works, 
And uh, once I get that video, I'll be able to complete the, the series of 3D printing that I've been working on from out of the box to first print. So you guys will be able to see what it's like to have a 3D printer and you didn't even have to touch anything. <laughs> you didn't have to read any directions. You can just kind of see what it's like to get that thing going. So you can see if it's for you. You know, see if the challenge is enough for you. So I uh, just can't wait to bring that stuff to you. Um, that's about it. Have a great week, everybody. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, push hard through the week. Keep, keep fighting and, and, and doing you, all right? Spread love, spread science. Thank you, good night. See you next week, Thursday, 8 p.m. for another episode of Today in Space. Peace. Peace.